Welcome to WebmasterRadio.fm's exclusive coverage of the Miami Book Fair International. For more information, log on to MiamiBookFair.com. My guest today is Janine Capo-Crusette, author of several books, including My Time Among the Whites, which is featured at the Miami Book Fair, coming up November 17th through 24th. Now, you may have heard of Janine. She's a contributing opinion writer for the New York Times, and her novel, Making Your Home Among Strangers, was a New York Times editor's choice book, the winner of the 2015 International Latino Book Award, and was cited as a best book of the year by numerous media outlets. It's also been adopted as an all-campus read at over 25 American universities, Janine is the author of award-winning short stories as well. I think you could say she's fairly prolific when it comes to writing. And she's an associate (laughs) professor in the Department of English and Institute for Ethnic Studies at the University of Nebraska. Yay to the Midwesterners. Congratulations on the new book, Janine. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. This is such a pleasure. Oh, I'm thrilled, 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 thrilled to have you. I know the Miami Book Fair is a pretty darn big deal, but you this is going to be the end for you of a what I would say is a fairly whirlwind tour of the country talking about this book. How is it? How's the book being received so far? Um, it's being, uh, I guess, with open arms is <laughs> the way I would put it. Um, but it's, you know, it's interesting, too, because I thought, um, you know, the title is so provocative and it's also mm-hmm. calling on these ideas of, um, someone coming as an outsider looking in and sort of exotifying uh, white American culture in a way that, you know, there's always a risk that um, it'll sort of be taken in a certain way. And what I found is that the book is hitting all the right registers and people are seeing what, what it is I was trying to do uh, with these essays and, you know, which is talk about what it means to be an American citizen, uh, specifically after the 2016 election and how that's connected to history and, Mm-hmm. Um, pop culture and lots of different things. So, yeah, it's being received really well by pretty much everyone except maybe my parents. Uh, <laughs> who just are like, what? Remember when you used to write novels and you made things up and now you're writing things that really happened? Maybe yeah. don't do that again. Yeah, uh, a little bit too someone. personal, maybe, right? <laughs> well, I think they just, I, I think, you know, we come from a, from a culture of like you keep things in the family um, yeah. and that that's the safest thing you can do. So to just tell stories, nothing in there is a, you know, makes them look bad, but it does make them worry about what's coming next. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think the worry about what's coming next is not just what you're going to write about, right? But what's going to go on with this country as to what's coming next, right. um, you know, exactly. and we won't even go down that rabbit hole. Otherwise, that will take over this entire conversation. And I want to yeah, really be able to, you know, talk about uh, your essays. Um, it's interesting. I was reading, of course, um, on your website, and I've been reading what people have been saying about about um, your essays. And it is overwhelmingly, of course, extremely positive, as you said. Um you, you talk about this collection of essays as, as kind of being a take on being a quote-unquote accidental American in an America where it's centered on whiteness. Now, you're from Miami, and just before we mm-hmm. talked, I mentioned I, I had spent a little bit of time in Miami. It, it is very much um, a melting pot in Miami. So I would even say Miami is I don't know. This is my perspective as a white woman. So, you know, uh, very different. But it, I would say Miami is probably even more diverse than other areas of the country, uh, especially when it comes sure. to Cuban American. Right. So um, mm-hmm. it, but you really you really 
take that perspective as a Cuban American, being from Miami, also working all over the country, and you've mm -hmm. taken that as uh, kind of the foundation of your essays. Will you explain what you mean by being an accidental American? That, that word accidental really caught my attention. Yeah, um, I guess the, the reason I use that phrase of accidental American is that it's essentially an accident of history that I was born an American um, and that many people become American. And what I mean by that is when my parents left Cuba, they could have just as easily emigrated to Mexico and then I would be Mexican. Uh, they could have left to Spain and then I'd be a Spaniard. Uh, they could have gone to Canada and then I'd be Canadian. Uh, I, they came to the United States. And luckily for me, to Miami, where there were plenty of other Cuban folks already. And so the work that that community had done to sort of center their own experience in the Miami experience is part of what made it um, easy to grow up there. I had a Cuban pediatrician. I had mm -hmm. Cuban teachers. The principal of my high school was Cuban. And what I sort of argue in the book is that whiteness is, is less a concept of race and more a concept of dominance. Mm -hmm. And so in Miami, Cubans get to be a kind of white. Um, had my family, instead of staying in Miami, gone to Nebraska, which is weirdly where mm -hmm. I live now, but um, there's a, you know, there was a community of Cuban exiles that were sent to communities in Nebraska, uh, I would have had a very different experience of what it was like to be mm -hmm. Cuban and American. Uh, so, yeah, the idea of being an accidental American is that I didn't do anything to <laughs> become an American. I just sort mm -hmm. of... Uh, it was just sort of an accident. It was sort of where, where luck put us, mm -hmm. where fate dropped my family, and now we're Americans. Yeah. And to your point, being, quote, unquote, you know, that accidental American in Miami, very different experience than being a, that accidental American in Nebraska, right? Um, right, right. Yeah. And then, of course, your parents being from Cuba, I'm sure of course, informed who you are today, right? And maybe even their notion oh, sure. of what it meant to be American. So can you talk a little bit about their perception of what it meant means to be American while also still trying to keep your culture alive as a Cuban American? Yeah. Um, so when my, I mentioned this in one of the essays, when my father and when my parents got their American citizenship, one of the first things my dad did was take us to Davie, Florida, which is um, just a, a few, a handful of miles north of, or actually it's more than that, but a few miles north of Miami. Um, and it's, it's sort of a, a ranchy community, uh, or at least it was back then. And he took us north to buy cowboy boots because he said, well, we're Americans now. We're, you know, we need some cowboy boots. Um, I remember he bought a lot of, he got really into Garth Brooks uh, and he got into NASCAR and he said, well, these are, these are, this is what it means to be American is these things. You get into this, these things. Um, and so it was this interesting, this interesting way of him sort of deciding based on what he saw around him, what was American. And um, that was, a, so that was a big part of it that Americanness was something you could sort of adopt that way. Uh, so that very much influenced, I think, more, less obviously, what they imparted was a sense of a work ethic and that the number one thing that they sort of passed down about what it meant to be American was just working extremely hard all of the time. And, mm -hmm. and yeah, and it was, I don't know that that's a good thing necessarily, um, yeah. but it's definitely, uh, they were very much of the generation that believed that, that the pick yourself up by the bootstrap sort of mentality. 
mm-hmm. um, regardless of sort of the larger systemic forces that were that sort of run contradictory to that philosophy. Mm-hmm. And did you see their point of view reflected in other Cuban Americans there in Miami? Do you feel like that was a consistent point of view about what it meant to be American? No, I, yeah. I don't think so. I think it it varied from family to family, and it definitely varied between generations of Cubans and when it was that they came over from the island, right? When they became, mm-hmm. uh, when they left Cuba and would become American, and it, I, it was something that was talked about a lot, and that they, you know, it, 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 yeah, I think it varied pretty drastically between people, and that's part of what I've tried to do with this book. I think a lot of times the larger dominant American culture will look at marginalized groups and sort of make them all one thing mm-hmm. and say, well, Cubans believe this and, you know, uh, Puerto Ricans think this and Dominicans feel this. And part of what I'm trying to do with this book is show that even within these groups, there's, there's thousands of opinions and thousands of approaches. And this is just one. And right. I try to examine it up against a bunch of different ones. Um, one of the things that I mentioned is in, in this essay about Disney world is talking about the writer, Richard Blanco, and that he, produced an essay collection as well and has a whole essay about Disney World and what it meant to his family. And I read that and it felt very familiar and also not at all my experience of it. And so I had to write my own Disney essay sort of in conversation with him uh, to, to sort of open that up, right, and expand the cultural imagination around this um, this theme park that has had such a big impact on our culture. Well, and I, I, I do encourage people to purchase it my time among the whites which is featured at the miami book fair coming up november 17th through 24th yes and with with the signature too i hope right yeah yeah i'd be happy very happy to sign books in fact i tend to get very uh i turn it into like a yearbook entry it's like i have not learned how to sign books quickly that i end up leaving um with like all these new friends uh which is wonderful for me but i feel bad for the people near the end of the line they get it that's all right they hang in there they're willing to hang in there so you know they're committed right Um, yeah yeah that's true (laughs) well I wish you luck there and I do want to recommend people check out your your website as well I'm going to spell it J for your first name c-a-p-o-c-r-u-c-e-t.com so uh, just your first initial your last names all there together uh, lots of information on not only this book but your previous books and your collection of essays that uh, short stories excuse me that you've done um mm-hmm. if people are thrilled with this book they might want to go check out some of your previous books as well so uh thank yeah, for you sure. so much for being on janine i appreciate it The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited.